are recording. Let me get my lyrics up. Okay. All right. Welcome, everyone, to That Record Got Me High. The new and revamped. Yes. That Record Got Me High. That's Rob Elba. That's Barry Stock. And we have a new audio uh, setup that we're, we're trying. We're so excited. We have like a little mixer and we have real mics. So to be clear, it's, it should sound much better. It will still be the same inane commentary. And <laughs> yeah, we didn't. Nobody took any uh, IQ things, pills. But, um, <laughs> but it should sound better. I think it. I think it'll sound a lot better. Yeah, yeah. Which is really more important. So we're talking about a landmark record this week. Yes. The first album by Pretenders, uh, uh, Chrissy Hines' um, project, and this is a record that really I listened have listened to probably thousands of times. I right. <laughs> me too. When I was revisiting it, I realized, oh my God, I really know I've heard this it a record. Lot. I have listened to this record so much. Yeah, and I, I'm sure I, it was probably the record we've done that I actually, I probably owned this before any of the other records we've talked about because I think I bought this as soon as it came out. When it came out in 1980, which it yeah. came out in January, because at first I was thinking it came out late 70s, but it came out right at the beginning of 1980. Right. Yeah. January 1980. Yeah. And uh, it was just this, uh, unlike any list, when you see a list of um, top 100 debut records or debut albums, this, 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 is is, uh, this is on that list of yeah. uh, top debut uh, albums. It is. And she never, this was more of a, a band, I think, than later versions of the Pretenders. Oh, yeah, yeah, are. absolutely. Because that was, uh, this was the thing about uh, Chrissy from the beginning was she knew she wanted to have a band. She didn't want to be a yeah. front front girl fronting a band. She didn't want it to be Chrissy Hine. She, uh, uh, the bands she liked were all like bands, rock bands, and she wanted to have a rock That's band. That's what she wanted. That's what she wanted. So, um, she's from uh, Akron, Ohio. Like a lot of, <laughs> like some, some other amazing bands. Yes, uh, Devo. Perubu, uh, yep, Dead Boys, uh, are they? I mean, they're all from that. Uh, or are they more Ohio? Like Ohio, uh, uh, yeah, 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 definitely. They're, uh, they're all yeah, Ohio bands. And um, but she moved to England. so trying to do the same thing with Iowa, and you don't get anywhere. <laughs> Probably, there, although yeah, there may be some great but un, yeah, unheralded bands. But Iowa, something maybe. about uh, something about you know. Uh, Akron and Cleveland and Columbus and those areas, they produced some great rock and roll. Yeah, yeah, they really did um, early on. And um, so she moved to uh, London in 73, in 1973. Right. And she started working for NME, which is a New Music Express. Express. Yep. And eventually she worked with um, Malcolm McLaren's store, yeah, sex yeah, store. Right. And she really was around that whole burgeoning. Uh, punk. Uh, <laughs> you can tell me, Barry. It's Take right. your mic down a little bit. Down, <laughs> okay, down like this. Oh, okay. Beautiful. You can make me adjust. That's okay. You don't okay. have to. Well, don't have to yeah. whisper. <laughs> right. So yeah, she was on the in, uh, working for Mal at Sex that the uh, Malcolm McLaren store. Right, and she did. Um, I read uh, early on she had played with. Um, uh, she had played with some other people, which I have somewhere in here. People from I The Clash, people from, yeah, oh, people from uh, uh, Ultravox, is that right? Different sort of fledgling versions of right, bands, right. and none of which got off the ground at all. Right, right. In fact, right. so much, didn't she come back to the States and then go back to London? Right, yeah. I think she did, and then some. Uh, she ended up recording uh, demos, and there were some um, uh, people interested in her. 
And actually, Nick Lowe, the funny thing is Nick Lowe produced the first single uh, from this, uh, Stop Your Sobbing, but he decided, it said he decided not to work with them again because he figured the band wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, um, maybe. And Nick Lowe's motivations are not always, are somewhat opaque. He might say one thing, but... Oh, okay, uh, okay. I was wondering that because, uh, but although, you know, who would know that this would be such a, a huge record? But um, Chris Thomas ended up uh, uh, being the producer. Right, which turned out to be a great choice. Yeah, and he produced the Beatles, Pink Floyd, well, yeah, just Elton stuff John, right. and the Sex Pistols. Yes. He oh, was co-produced. There's a funny of, story. Yeah, he's one of the producers. I know, right. It's There's so funny. There's a weird yeah. story about like, oh, how did we end up with co-producer credit on Nevermind well, the Well, even if you read the original thing, it's so funny because it says produced by uh, Chris Thomas or, or this other not, guy because they, <laughs> yeah, they don't know who, who produced did what. what song. Right. But uh, he's got, you know, he managed to make this a, a simultaneously a punk record and a pop record right 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 because it was i mean uh she put the, the, she put together she ended up uh, with a crack band of brits all brits and she had uh martin chambers uh was the drummer yep pete farndon was the bass player and james the great james honeyman scott that's right was the uh lead guitar player and he was a great uh Unique guitar player. He was, yeah. He had his uh, own thing and his own sort of swagger and style. Yeah, the whole band did. The whole band really just came out out of the gate with this sound, like their own sound. And a lot of it's because of her, obviously, because Chrissy Hind, um, when you listen to her, you you think of her as being this really tough, hard-as-nails female singer, which she was, but she was never a screamer singer. She wasn't like a Janis Joplin or um, Joan Jett or anything like that, she was more about uh, uh, swagger. She had like a swagger to her voice. She does, yeah. And she could sound tough, but then she could also She's sound beautiful. She's a beautiful, beautiful. crooning singer, yeah. And what the thing about her voice is that a lot of singers have a vibrato. They'll, yeah. they'll have a good vibrato. She had, what is the... Fender, old Fender amps have a tremolo. She has yeah, she more does. of like a tremolo in her voice, right? Yeah, she does. And it's natural. It's just her voice. I it ne- it I isn't ne- like David Lee Roth when they used to put the harmonizer <laughs> on him and say, oh, wow, does he sing like that? And it's like, no, that's an effect. <laughs> no, he can actually make... No, no, wait, wait, wait. Those Van Halen songs with that double note? That, ah, was that uh, he, him? Yeah, he knows how to... Yeah, oh, he can okay. do it. It's I'm some sorry. weird thing. My apologies, David Lee. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's going to listen to this. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> the... Um, but I never appreciated what an incredible singer she is until I saw the VH1 storytellers with the Pretenders or with Pretenders. Is it the Pretenders or Pretenders? It's just uh, Pre- just Pretenders. pretenders. It's Pretenders. Yeah. And, yeah. and last week uh, we did uh, Camperman Beethoven. The week before that we did Big Country. There was one band we were talking about where there was a the, is it the or not the, and I, I got. I was uh, so it's just pretenders. It's just pretenders, yeah. Which was a big. Th- I think it was a big thing for a while when punk came out and everything. They just mm. because in the old the sixties seventies band it was yeah. the everything the right. who the this. But then right. it was a thing. It was a little punk thing to just take no take the, the duh. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the storytellers. I would encourage anyone to dig that up on YouTube if you can find it because it was a revelation that uh, what an incredible singer she is, uh, just in her own right. Yeah, um, yeah, and because it's a little more stripped down, but um, and so my pretenders anecdote um, 
before we dig into the songs is that I I saw them on I think they, pl- they pl- you probably saw the same tour we've done this before Pretenders two the second yes, album they Pretenders played two they tour. played absolutely they I came, saw them down here at Sunrise Musical Theater so you saw them up the in night Orlando? before or the night after at Bob Carr Auditorium that's right okay nice they played at Bob Carr Auditorium um, it was a um, it was an okay set um, I, after watching some. And listening to some recordings from like 79, 80, and then a little bit later, 82, um, the band sounds, the, the, that, the original lineup sounds tired. They became, yeah, yeah, they weren't as, yeah, they, they were, I, I think early on they were probably an exciting band to see. Yeah. But by the time of Pretenders 2, they were a little. Burned, it seemed yeah. like. And I yeah. think maybe, I'm going to just say, we've talked about drugs a lot on well, this the show. Ba- yeah, the bass player was definitely so a full-on heroin addict. And the guitar player allegedly had stopped doing cocaine, but he right. was. That's how it, he it didn't, uh, yeah. Which is a whole, it's a whole tragic, they really, it's such a tragedy, because this was a band that was on a huge upward trend. They, they had right. that enormous first album, and their second album still was really it was it's really great it's a great record has a lot of great songs yeah and then they kicked they they kicked um the bass player uh, pete farnan pete farnan at james honeyman scott's insistence at the guitar player's insistence yeah because he was just yeah he was a junkie he was a, he was a, he was a, a full-on junk. junkie they kicked him out of the band and like two a week, days later two, two days, days later, later james, james honeyman scott dies of a dies cocaine overdose. Over. Yeah, yeah cocaine and then pete farnan ended up dying the, not so, that long yeah, after a, yeah. of a heroin overdose so the only two members of the pretenders i ever met were the dead guys so oh, really? <laughs> someone I know in, in high school, I went to high school with, and I had gone to the show. At, at, at that show? At the Bob about? Carr. And the oh, next okay. day, he said, I know what hotel they're staying at. Let's, uh, let's go to the hotel where they're at. And, oh, and, nice. and so we got in his car, and we went to the hotel, and uh, James Honeyman Scott and Pete Farnham were sitting in the lobby. Uh, Farnham looked wrecked. His hair was all mashed down and messed <laughs> up. And they, we chatted with them for a minute, but they, they were not. Super interested in having it. Well, you guys weren't cute girls. You were. We were not. And or awkward. <laughs> you were cute awkward girls young and men. or looked like we had we they could score from right, us. Right. Exactly. You you so, were of no literally of no literally use. Literally useless is the yeah yeah. Um, though we talked to them for a minute, we said, "Hey, where's Chrissy? Oh, I think she's in. Uh, she's flew. She flew to." She was seeing Ray by that point. So. Right, right. Ray, Ray, yeah, Ray was. I think he was along on that tour when we uh, when we saw them. He was definitely there. He was definitely backstage that uh, that night. So he probably was there too. He, she was with Ray, and right, right. they were just like, eh. So that was it. And then Ray Davies. We're talking about Ray Davies. Ray Davies of the yeah, Kinks. Yes, the Kinks. she had a child with who was recently arrested for doing environmental. Uh, activities. The child was. She yes. was. I just read that. Yeah. She, yeah. Uh, which, t- which, she um... super glued herself to uh, uh, something. <laughs> I was like, good, good for, for her. her. Good for exactly. Good for her. Yeah. Chrissy Hine is very. Um, she's um, very into. Uh, Veganism yeah. and animal rights right. and causes, and she's definitely she. It, I would just say it's probably better that you didn't meet her. Because yeah, <laughs> I have the feeling she's, she doesn't she's suffer like, fools, no. and she's teenage very, boys would have been like yeah, yeah, yeah. No. and she can be known to be a bit of a. Um, a curmudgeon, or yeah, I guess. Very. But I read a great quote about her about vegetarianism because she got into vegetarianism uh, early on. And the quote is, she says that she came to regard meat eaters with distaste, (laughs) almost contempt, but has learned to live and associate with them, but never respected respected them. them. (laughs) No. So... 
So yeah. that's uh, that's Chrissy. Yeah, Chrissy's right there, not yeah. known to be super easy to get along with, and uh, yeah, you could tell that. But it's like you know, I have great, I have nothing but great respect for her, especially because what happened. I mean, she lost basically half her band, and she yeah. had, and then she, she had to start from scratch. And then that album she did after that was a Learning huge to album. Crawl. Was, it to was crawl. actually was actually the hit. Like yeah. the the Piss Pretenders record, it, it was it was big in uh, a certain on Sire Records, right? Yes, it was on, in Stein, the U.S. In the in U.S., the, it was Sire Records, right? Exactly. And uh, the uh, so, there was a guy. Seymour Stein was on Facebook today. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, Are you friends with Seymour Stein? No. Oh, <laughs> here's how it was going. Chris Franz from Talking Heads was said. Does anyone have any questions they want to ask from Seymour Stein? And then people were asking questions, and somebody who I don't know who was with Seymour Stein was. Asking him the questions and then typing in his answers. Oh, nice! So it was uh, it was kind of it was kind of an unusual like uh, 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 coincidence that he uh, he appeared on Facebook today. So uh, shout out to should, Seymour. I can't yeah. believe he's still alive. Actually, I, yeah, I know. And well, the one thing, the funniest thing was um, someone who and these are there's a lot of New York people on there, people who are much you know much cooler than you and I, right? Uh, on this thread, and one guy said, or one guy or woman said. I, Seymour, you're the only person I never heard Lou Raid say anything bad about. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, the only one. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, you stand out. <laughs> Lou Reed never said anything bad about you. That's awesome. <laughs> so, side one, track one. Let's get into starts this. Starts off record. with a starts off with a bang. It does start off with a bang. You know what? It's funny. You ever when uh, sometimes on Spotify you'll listen to a song and it'll it'll uh, play like a different version of it and live. And when yeah. I first heard it, I thought. Is this live? Because it sounds... It does. It's got a really live sound, and it starts out kind of raw and live, and it actually is the, the record. It wasn't live. Yeah. But uh, it starts out with the sticks. Like, you hear the sticks, yeah. and the song and starts. And her saying... There's, she says something. There's two different... She says something in two different tracks. You can hear it on headphones. Like, something like, are we, we're going to start, start, you know, or something like right, that. Right, right. And they go. Uh, and... Uh, and it's about a bad boy. Some and, yep, and yep. bad boys are are pretty much the the theme of this record. Yes, right, right. Bad boys, right. And uh, the consequences of uh, hanging around with bad boys. Right, exactly, exactly. Yes. And uh, this, she starts right away. She's talking about uh, Cleveland. It's kind of a Cleveland thing because she it says, is, uh, yeah. "I like the way you cross the street because you're precious." Moving through the, through Cle- the Cleveland, Cleveland heat. heat. How, How precious. precious. And then she's at some point. She gets down into. She says. Uh, uh, East 55th and Euclid Avenue was real precious. Hotel Sterling coming into view. I'll, I'll confess that I, and before we started, do, you know, researching this record this week, right? I, I never looked at the lyrics, and I always just kind of guessed at what she was saying on some things. Right. It was I was totally wrong. I know. Some. Well, it's actually kind of hard to, to guess at what she's and saying. And she because... does that thing. Remember on the first REM record, Michael Stipe, Murmur, he had this habit of sort of mumbling or mispronouncing words right. or saying things in a sort of obscure way. She does the same thing here, and I don't think she does that later on. I think no, this no, is no. purely right. yeah. first and she, album. And she also throws a lot of shit out uh, really, yeah. really quick. Like some of the songs are almost like rap-like, hip-hop-like in they their are. Uh, uh, delivery. Yeah, the way she delivers like a lot of uh, a lot of words. So yeah, I I misheard a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch, bunch of, stuff. of stuff. I really um, and be. well, there were some things where I would I knew I have no idea what this person's saying, and I'm like, okay, now. Now, Howard the Duck and Mr. Strathbo stayed. 
attractive. Right, but that's the, that's the words, though, right? <laughs> I, that's what I got. And then if you look it up, you know, okay, well, that's that seems to be the, the consensus. The consensus that that's what it is. Um, trapped in a world that they never made, which has quotes around it. And I never, I did not look up and say, see, okay, trapped in a world that they never made. Did she, did where, where did she get that from? Is that from a movie? Oh, yeah. I was thinking, or, or from a book, because there's actually literary... Okay. References that she throws right, in a lot. Right, so I'm thinking right. it is. But the thing that the, the thing that always got me about this song, another thing, um, was that everyone, a lot of people thought she was saying, "Fuck off" at the end of it. Not me, baby. I'm too precious. Uh, fuck off, like she was well, telling someone to fuck off. But it's not. She's saying, "Not me, baby. I'm too precious. I had to fuck off." Oh, uh, that's what uh, she's saying. Okay. I had to fuck up, and and uh, yeah, and, and if you in the actual lyrics from the record and everything, that is the lyrics, and that's what she said. Oh, there was I a had lyric to fuck sheet. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there was. There was. I had the album, but everyone. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know how mine did not have. Maybe I got the the budget version with just the white sleeve. Oh yeah, maybe. But yeah, that's how I. Uh, but no. But I, I remember knowing this uh, early on because I I think I read something about it where someone said she's not saying fuck off. I had to fuck off. But it used to bother me. There was this local band called the Kids back in the day, and they were like uh, a cover band. They did. Uh, yeah, I know about the Kids. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. So the Kids. I mean, were... you can explain if you want because ever. <laughs> Because my wife's brother, late brother, used oh, to go see. Right. We had this combo she told already. Me yeah. that. Yes. Well, uh, Johnny, Johnny Depp. Depp. Let's Johnny just go ahead and get that out of the way. Was the guitar player and the kids, and they were a really good cover band, mostly cover band. But they would. The thing about them is they were kind of like a new wave cover. So they would cover like uh, they do Elvis Costello songs, and they did a whole bunch of Pretender songs. And whenever they do it, he'd sing, which was ironic <laughs> that there's a guy singing this. Yeah. But he'd always say, "Not me, baby. I'm too precious. Fuck, Fuck off. off." And it's like, yeah. "Fuck no, you, you, you idiot. Get it wrong. It's not. No, You're singing it wrong." Yeah. So and then. He, Whatever. Yeah, right. And he's not going to have to answer for that sin, I don't think. No, I don't think so. I don't and think so. Uh, um, also, there's uh, there's some oh, there's another spot in here where she goes. We went round and it says she went. We we went round and round and round and round around the shoreway, but it's it sounds like she's saying we went down and down and down and down and down. So she's she's intentionally doing this thing where she's making the words sound slightly different or she's playing around. It works because right. it, it gives it an interest that you're like, you're not quite sure what she's saying and uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Because there's later, later on in this record, there's some songs where you just have nope. no idea. No, I, no, no I did not know until saying. I saw the, yeah, these yeah. lyrics what she was saying. And who knows if they're actually correct when you when Well, you I wonder. <laughs> so the phone call... Which uh, was uh, uh, which was a, uh, of note at the time because there's a couple of songs on this record where she does she does stuff that's not in four four time and it's in odd time signatures. Right, right, right. Which was uh, and the way she does the odd time signatures is not like a prog rock band doing it. No, <laughs> she does it in a way that's like natural but um, slightly disconcerting. If yes, you don't, slightly off, and it just gives you yeah, an off and. Uh, and this song, this whole song is very unusual because it's almost like <laughs> second an song on your debut record, and it's got like almost like it sounds like a tape recorder, it, right? Like, and it's almost like an instrumental with like spoken word lyrics it is. on it. Yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. of it's spoken word, sure. and it's like it's almost like a um, like an old spy movie thing. Um, yeah, right. I'm here. This to is get, a mercy gotta, mission. Yeah, from a faceless messenger who <laughs> don't want to see you hit. hit, hit like hit like either killed or just flat out hit. And that getting hit by men. 
It's a big thing. Yeah, there's a lot of like S and M overtones this, in this, this record. record. Is about abuse by men. Is this and her being abused by men? Yes, and she and, yeah she eventually covered the song. It, it's a thin line between love and hate. She ended up covering that and definitely. Because, and this one, she's telling somebody from a phone booth, or maybe it was, you know, maybe she's represented, somebody called her and said, you know, maybe this is a, a situation she was in uh, uh, from a South Side call box. Um, the same one you lost on the run is going to show you how to have some fun. You better get out of town because you're going to get hit. This is a mercy mission. You'll find, and then it switches to like a spy, the spy thing. You'll find your schedule under the underneath the door. All the arrangements have been made. Major expenses have been paid, as you know. Don't forget the last details. Except no parcels in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the coolest line in this song is, "Winged demons are the hardest to outfox." And that's, I wonder if that's a, uh, another, you said there were some literary things in here. I wonder if she pulled that out of some, uh, yeah. Winged Demons are the hardest to outfox. Um, cool song. And it's counts, it's in seven. Um, and then there's the, the choruses. Well, the chorus, it, to me, the chorus part seems like the part that has no words. It's just like power chords. It and it sounds like the chorus of the song. It, it's it, like it really is, but catchy. it's an instrumental, but it, then it goes it goes eight beats and then 11 beats and then 14 beats. Oh, wow. So, you counted it out. <laughs> when I was a kid, this is one of those records I learned. I, I learned this record on guitar. So I sat down with this record when I oh, got nice, it nice. and learned how to, because it had been in the press, oh, you know, before it came out. Um, oh, this record's really great. I probably saw the Rolling Stone review or Cream Magazine or something, and they said, you know, she uses a lot of weird time signatures, and that kind of caught my right. caught my ear. And then um, we, I heard it, and was like, oh yeah, I got to learn how to play this, <laughs> and so I did. And then you have to learn how to count, you know, right, two, three, right, right. four, five, six, seven, two. So, um, but. Um, and the next song, Up the Neck. Up the Neck. One of my favorite songs on the record. A great, such a great song. And uh, I love the, um, just the, uh, musically it's a great song, but the words, it's, oh. I guess it's about a, a dysfunctional, very uh, dysfunctional relationship song. Typical. And she's Chrissy Hind. Up to her, yeah, she's basically up to her neck with this dude, yeah. whatever this dude is right. she's singing about. Not only um, metaphorically, but it seems like maybe actually in physical danger. Right, exactly, exactly. And she's got some great, she's got the classic Chrissy, uh, a double entendre, which she said, I noticed his scent started to change somehow. Yeah. His face went berserk. Vange bulged on his brow. <laughs> That's yeah. so great, the way she yeah. does that. And there's a, there's a spot in here where I didn't know what she was saying. Um, bewildered and deluded, have I been hit by a truck? When my tongue lay inside his lip, felt like the time in the womb. That first line, when my tongue lay inside his lip, at, for since 1980, I've been, I don't know what she's saying. I have no oh, idea. okay, okay. Uh, but and then I when you read it, it's like, oh, oh okay. okay, yeah. <laughs> but I woke up with a headache that split my skull alone in the room. So um, I think he beats the shit out of her. Basically, yeah, a lot. Yeah, a lot of these. Like I said, there's very um... lust turns to anger, a kiss to a slug, something was sticky. It's blood on your shag rug. Look at the tile. Yep. Uh, and then she talks about you know sex with this guy. Remember the way he groaned and moved with an animal skill. But then, uh, and then, oh, but there's a, another great line. I rubbed my face in the sweat that ran down his chest. 
it was all very run of the mill. <laughs> so she could, you know, she is someone that could just destroy you yeah, with you an don't offhand wanna, comment. You don't <laughs> she'll, wanna, say some, uh, she'll say something, throw something at you that you'll think is sticking to your craw for weeks. Yeah, you won't be able to escape. And it's great. Uh, I love because even when she's trying ostensibly to sound sweet, like when she says, I said, baby, Me? oh, sweetheart, oh, it's sweetheart. so menacing. And it <laughs> is. Um, it's scary. <laughs> blackmailed emotions confuse the demon and devotee. I was sure his attentions were sweet and that mine was as well. But a wish is a shot in the dark when your coin's down the well. So, um, and then at the end, she's escaped. I got out in the hall with my teeth in my head. So I'm guessing she didn't get any teeth knocked out. Right, right, right. Teeth and still in her uh, head. up to my neck, I said, I said, dead. So that's how she's going to end up if she doesn't. Right. Right. Get get loose from this guy. And musically this Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And musically this song is great. Uh um it uh it's it alternates between a nice, you know, mid tempo sort of uh, uh a thing and then it gets uh it, it it builds uh during the parts of the song where the where the lyrics are more intense. Yeah, right, right. Uh, uh, but just she's she's um Backed so greatly by her band, there's no, uh, yeah. there's no noodling or you no. know extra stuff. No, it's no, all no. It's very tight, tense, in, fast for quick, the song, boom. and then uh, in service to the song, yeah. and uh, it's just great. There's a spot on this, and this is going to become important later on in the episode, towards the end. Okay, he James Honeyman Scott hijacks the guitar riff, which that 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 seminal guitar riff from the song "Public Image" by Public Image. Oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> Yes. And that riff appears in this, and I just noticed that today, or maybe yesterday, I was listening to it, and I wrote it down on my lyric sheet, which I forgot and left at home. That's okay. And and I was like, oh, that's the riff from Public Image. Public Image, which came out like a year or so before. And which influenced like you 2 Like everybody who heard that song was like, I want my guitar to sound like that. Right, right. (laughs) And still do. Every time you hear that song, you're like, that's one of the best guitar sounds I've ever heard (laughs) in my life. Also, it should be it should be noticed throughout this record uh, with a lot of bands. Then the MXR Phase the, Ninety, oh, yeah, yeah, I believe, yeah, yeah, yeah. was uh, and the very MXR popular. Stereo Chorus, yes, yes. Stereo Chorus. <laughs> the, the, if it's not, um, it's on James Honeyman Scott's guitar most of the time. Right, just pretty much most that of the time the where it became his sound. <laughs> but, it was his sound. but there's no there's no chorus on the bass on this record. Which on uh, was it the magazine record that there was the. Oh, right. Chord. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> No, yeah. it was the big country record where the bass oh, chords... The, oh, right, right. Yeah, it was like, sense. oh, the chorus like is on again. Or like a flange or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was the 80s and that was the thing. Like right. a lot, like you would buy a bass amp and it had a built-in, oh, there's the chorus button, <laughs> you know? Everybody wants this. Okay, so... All right, now we go into... Speaking of, speaking of odd time signatures and yeah. speaking of brutal, uh, brutal subject the song, matter songs, right. we have Tattooed, Tattooed Love, Boys. Love Boys, which is probably... Might have been one of the first songs I heard from yeah, them, but it was yeah, the one yeah. that really caught my. It still does. Attention. This one gets stuck in your head for days. Still so when you, does. When this, you know, and the riff. And then is, later, like I didn't, I didn't know really the backstory of it until fairly me, recently. Me either. Right? I assumed it was something bad. <laughs> Did I know it was a gang rape by Hell's Angels? She, yeah, she wrote. She wrote a book recently, and she did. Uh, yeah, that was seventy-two, was, seventy-three. She's taking quaaludes. She was twenty-one years old. Uh, she ended up yeah, in the wrong place, the wrong she time. She had been hanging with Hell's Angels when she was a teenager, and 
they wouldn't mess with her because she was underage. And then a few years later, she meets up with the same Hells Angels, but she's of age and she's wasted at their clubhouse, which she described as a Dom, Jeffrey Dahmer-esque Ugh. hangout. It is, but, but I'll tell you what, this song is unbelievable because she doesn't, she, she doesn't pull any punches. No. She doesn't hold back and she documents it and it's terrifying. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and it's terrifying and... Um, and uh, the thing is, the first two, the, the first part of the song, she's basically describing uh, very well, very colorful. Mid twenty joys around a heart that's black and blue. That's her. That's Chrissy. The uh. tattooed love boys. I tore my knees up getting to you, because uh, I needed to find out what the thing was for. Been reading. But man, the time came to explore. Uh, no, don't, don't do it, Chrissy. Yeah, uh, I went ape wire because I thought I. She says ape shit live. I went right, ape shit, right. like I'd like it, little tease, but I didn't mean it. Yeah, but you, you mess with the goods, goods doll, doll you honey. Gotta you gotta pay, pay. Oh and so it's like God. being involved with the mafia. Don't yes. ever get, don't ever get involved. You will never escape. Right. And so. Uh, then she, you know I don't know what the exact situation was, but Ugh. what she's describing here, uh, good time was guaranteed for one and all. The tattoos. One of the guys had a tattoo that said "I heart, I heart rape." rape. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> target practice she did, in the hall. She got she got a lot of flack later on for sort of pinning a lot of the blame on herself, saying, "Well, I was an idiot. I shouldn't have been there. I was taking lewds. I was yeah. you know, walking around in my and underwear." Said, you shouldn't if you're hanging out with a guy that's got a tattoo that says "I heart rape." You know, but but of course people you know are appalled. How can you ever? But she's ta- but this is her life, and she's talking about True. herself, she and it's autobiographical. This, look, it's one of those things where I kind of think who she was and this and her drive as a performer. Some of it, some of it comes from those negative experiences. Oh, absolutely. And and did you notice in this song? The the first uh, the first two verses she's in first person, mm-hmm. but the last end of it she goes into third person, and it's almost like she's obser- talking to herself. She, I th- oh I think my guess was, uh, um, that she's talking to someone else that she's in she's in the same situation. It is, you could, right? Okay, could, she's talking to someone, but she's the it, she's in third person. She's telling someone. Yeah. She's scolding them, rebuking them. She says, "Now I see you." All impressed and half undressed. You got paint stick Stick. all over the scars and lumps and bumps. Yep. You've put uh, makeup. You're covering around to cover up the wounds. Uh, Tattooed love boys have got you where I used to lay. Well, ha ha and too bad. But you know what they say. They and stop sniveling. You're going to make some plastic surgeon a rich man, which I think is something she heard them say to another woman. Oh, no. Or or maybe. Or maybe. Right. Here's here's another thing I read. She actually got involved with. She was actually involved with the girlfriend of the guy who raped her for a while. The biker. It's just this twisted biker story. And maybe she said that to her. Oh, but the prestige and the glory. Another human interest story. You You are are that. And then the song ends. But this song is weird musically. We have to talk about the music in this because it's in seven eight. Is it seven seven? One bar of seven and one bar of eight. And it's so... And I'll tell you, I have, a, I have just a really funny side note to say to this. Because uh, I was playing in a band. I don't have the band anymore. Uh, Shark Valley Sisters, where the late great... Oh, they're going to play Valley one Sisters. more show. Yeah, yeah. Maybe coming up. But anyway, maybe. My, my dear friend, uh, Fausto uh, Figueredo, is the drummer, great drummer for uh, Shark Valley Sisters. And we had a thing. Our last record we put out, we had a GoFundMe where people could 
uh, by like if they uh, if they pledge a certain amount of money, they can have us cover a song. Yeah, play yeah. It live. And someone, uh, Bridget, our friend Bridget, picked Tattooed Love Boys to learn. So Fausto's younger than us. He's about 10 years younger. Yeah, yeah, right. He didn't really, wasn't a huge Pretenders fan. Yeah, sure. Hadn't, he'd maybe heard it, but didn't really know it. Sure, yeah. So when he had to sit down and listen to it and learn it, he comes... What the fuck is this? He comes to me, he said, why would they do that? <laughs> uh, he was... He was uh, ab- literally, he was, uh, you know, offended. <laughs> he was, uh, why? And we why tried would, to play, someone... he goes, why? Why do they do that? It's because it's actually very tricky to play. It's something where if you get in the groove and do You've it, you can it do it. You've done it, right. If you, you oh, get used to it, playing it, uh, <laughs> it, it makes sense. Right. But it's and there's so... Because the, when they're recording, there's the maracas, which yes. help keep you keep time. Right. But it's such a, uh, it's so great. And there's actually early recorders them, of them playing it where James Honeyman Scott fucks it up because he's, <laughs> he's got a play that, uh, you know, it's, it's. Of course, it's really hard to play. So we ended, we did it, and uh, I'll, the spoiler alert, we we did uh, a, a B minus was yeah, our grade. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's difficult to play. And there's some other spots in the song that are hard too. That break, dun, 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 dun. and then there's some. Nebulous amount of time happens right. before they come back in. You're like, <laughs> they were must have been hand signals in the studio yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But she's a, I'll tell you what, she's a um, rhythm guitar player. If you ever see her play, she's definitely, she's got her own style and everything. And and one thing, she usually, she'll always play that Telecaster. Yeah, it's and just drummer. In a Fender, right? <laughs> Except, but she she'll go. She gets to go for a little cleaner sound. Yeah, yeah. She's right. got like that clean yeah. Fender and a Fender sound. She doesn't go yeah. for the overdrive, but it's yeah. definitely her style. And she's great at what she does. I mean, she's great yeah. with these. She writes rhythms. these songs, man. She writes these songs, and she writes the the shit out of them. I'll tell you. And it's also this song has some great uh, middle section with some lead uh, lead breaks by James. Oh, Hennig oh, yeah, Scott yeah, yeah. That are memorable. You know, I could sing he's, every one of these I leads. Know, oh, of song course, because you know he's them. kind of in the. Uh, uh, um, um, same sort of uh, pantheon as uh, Mick Ronson. He's got that sort of oh, epic, right, right. sort of like thing where you go, oh, that is so, it's so this ballsy and perfect. And with, tasteful. And, and tasteful. Right, right. Yeah. Not noodling, not overplaying, no. never overplaying. Tasteful, uh, it's great. And then speaking of James Honeyman Scott and yeah. Pete Farndon, the next song they they wrote because the it's an instrumental. Instrumental, that's right. <laughs> Space Invader, and it's pretty cool. It's actually it a pretty cool instrumental. It uh, is. Um, it has the. Uh, it's called Space Invader because it has the Space Invader sounds yeah. in the end I'm of it. I'm sure at the time you were on the road and you know you spent a lot of time dropping quarters into the Space Invader machine and uh, yes, exactly killing time. But it's a but it's a cool instrumental, and I don't know if were you a uh, Sopranos fan at all? Did you watch the Sopranos? Yeah, sure. There, this was in an episode. It popped oh, up I did in a not pretty. Know that. Yeah, and it was a good. I can't remember the exact episode, but I remember watching it. And this song was like a. It was one of these <laughs> long things where they used yeah, this song. Yeah, okay, I'm like, oh cool. wow, that's cool. Yeah, it's got some uh, uh, um, some great guitar sounds in it, like the flanger. He's you know he, he's twisting the knob so it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, some Space Invader noises in there, and a uh, little sort little uh, alternates. Uh, you know, James Honeyman Scott, he he plays a great open G chord. It's got that he's got that sound. <laughs> oh yeah, right, right, exactly. Yeah. 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 So, so uh, uh Chrissy uh, throws him a bone, throws him a little bone and says, Yeah, yeah let's put an instrument yeah. on there. All right, so we're gonna take a break and we'll be back with the second half side well, I don't know if it's side two. Are we on side two yet? Uh we're close. We're, we're close. close uh of Pretender's debut album. 
from now spaghetti. There's vomit on his Henry sweater already. Mom's spaghetti. He's nervous, He's but on the surface he looks calm and ready to drop bombs. But he keeps track. on forgetting Mom's what he wrote down. Spaghetti. The whole crowd goes so Eminem loud. He opens his mouth, but spaghetti won't come out. He's choking now. Everybody's joking now. Spaghetti's run out. Time's up over. Blau. Okay, we are back okay. for part two of That Record Got Me High with Rob Elba and Barry Stock and our new exciting microphones and mixer. We are mixer. so <laughs> proud of ourselves. We are. <laughs> it's gonna, it sounds so much better. Yeah, we're um, going to start singing maybe eventually. It'll it's just gonna be a singing great. podcast. Yeah, we're going to sing like famous TV theme songs <laughs> for an hour. Um, and I, one thing I wanted to mention before we get started with the record was it's odd how from week to week, your perception of how long it's been since you recorded the episode is. And some weeks it seems like it takes no time at all. But wasn't this one, were you like, like, Oh, I'm, it's been I'm a glad real, it's been because a long we did it Tuesday time. last well, yeah, week. But we it's, it, it was day eight early. days, but it seems subjectively like it's been a really, really long time since we recorded, which <laughs> right? is, is weird. And I don't know. For me too. That's so it, funny. It's odd. It was. And then some weeks you're just like, Oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, Oh shit! It's 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 Wednesday. We got to get out there and uh, do the <laughs> podcast. So uh, the wait. Um, another song was her. If you didn't, if I didn't have the lyric sheet. Oh my god! I never knew what she was no, saying. No, in no this idea. Song and because I'm she's still skeptical. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's spitting out those lyrics. I, I'm skeptical. Uh, but I, I feel like a lot of the songs. I think a lot of them maybe a little stream of consciousness and just. She's. I think she's definitely into how how they how they uh, sound, sounds, yeah. how the words sound, especially sound. a song like this. Yeah. But this song definitely has the S and M once again the S and M overtones. <sighs> yeah, in it for sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said the weight child bruised ball, child pride slap child hurts, and she just kind of <laughs> screws it all up into one thing so it kind of makes sense. Um, and yeah, it's a. Uh, um, and the the odd the thing I, I wondered about this was, in Tattooed Love Boys, she said I found out what the wait was about, and then she has a song called The Wait. Right, right. And right. you go, is this also related to the gang rape incident with the Hell's Angels? I don't know. That's that's a good uh, that's a good uh, point because I was thinking that that it may be like a sister kind of a sister song. To Maybe it yeah yeah. Is, uh, and she said, um, uh, "There's a part in it." She said, uh, um, "And it's a it's a rockin' song. I mean, it's really oh, it is. it's a really good rockin' song." And she song. uses a kind of an unusual chord progression um, that it, it just you don't. It sounds natural, but then when you go to play it, you're like, "Oh, this is kind of weird." I don't think anybody, very few people, actually use that that chord progression that right. she uses in this song. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're um, right. The way child, bust up child, late come child hurts. And the way, it's the way she, it's almost like a um, sound poem. And right, the, right, right. And yes. the, the way she says it is really important. Um, it's not really about the lyrics. This is more about the way the, the words sound and uh, uh, gonna hurt some. Whoa, my baby. And um, <laughs> see, the way child, neon light, late night lights hurt. Um, I don't, you know, we're not going to be able to decide. This one. This seems- is really hard to decide. But there's a thing. It's almost like she's talking about a, a boy, and she says, uh, in, "In in the in the other part, that's the the difference. Sort of like the bridge." He says, 
I said, child, child, staring into the street light. Yeah. Messed up child, lonely boy tonight. Kick the wall, turn the street, and back again. Oh, oh boy, boy, you've been, been forgotten. forgotten. And then it kicks into the guitar solo. Really... Right. Oh, such a great <laughs> guitar solo. This is uh, this yeah, is God's yeah, incredible from the record. Yeah, this has a really great guitar break in it. So uh, I don't know. Oh boy, you've been forgotten. Maybe it's like uh, that's it. It's uh, a guy. Some guy I forgot waiting. about you. Or whatever. Or maybe, maybe her abuser, one of her former abusers, yeah, like right. you've been forgotten. Now, that's boy. it. And then we move on to the um, a pretty much a straight cover. A straight cover of Stop Your The Kink, Stop Your Sobbing, which I have read Ray Davies say that their version, the Pretender's version, is better than the Kink's version. It, it, it is it is great. <laughs> but I, 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 I actually put them one on top of the other today just to, to hear them, like just actually played them at the same time. And right. Hers is in C and his is in G. And it's, but it, they line up pretty much. They line up, yeah. It's a straight up cover. Hers is obviously it's a pretty a little prettier because she's singing yeah. it. She's got her voice yeah. in it. She sings it really beautifully. But the but the subject matter again. Oh, the subject, especially yeah, for this record, definitely because there are many. There are other songs in this record where she's someone's crying or she's consoling someone about crying and like stop crying already. <laughs> and and um. In in the Kinks song, of course, it's it's Ray as you know saying to a female, you know, I, I'll be glad to, you know, you can be my baby, but it's you time for you to stop, stop crying. Yeah, yeah. And with, with her, it's more like man up. You you got to man up and stop. Uh, or maybe she's talking to herself. Yeah, maybe, maybe she sees the. Uh, this is a, a little bit of a self. Um, that she resonated with I mean, any well, they, song yeah. that they would do. She's a huge. This she's is a huge king, king. But she did. She's also quoted as saying that she thinks this is one of the greatest songs ever written. So this song obviously resonated with her. It, all right. And it resonated with her so much that she sought out and had and, a child. Right. That's right. I, I had a. <laughs> I, I suspect that. I mean, it wasn't that long after this that she and she. No, it wasn't at it was all. A, it was mid eighties, right, or, right, or even right. early eighties. Yeah, no, it was like eighty three. I yeah, think. Yeah, <laughs> right. Came out so she 80. had that in mind, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I'm I'm gonna call it and say it's it's not one of my favorite Kink songs. And when yeah, I, yeah, no, it's not. A, it, if it's I would probably past, a, it's probably not a Kink song. I would even you know uh, know about that much if Pretenders hadn't a cover. True. It. Yeah. That's really how I knew. Oh, okay, that's a Kink yeah, song. It's a yeah. Kink song. Um, it's it's very much m- almost like a, it's got kind of a Detroit like Motown or a yes, big right. or a, a, or a, a, what's his name Phil Spector yeah and I think she put a little more of that into she it did. with that little, and this now do you notice this was the one song that was produced by Nick Lowe yes do you do you notice a, you hear a this different than the this? sound yeah of course you can well yeah. you can of course because well, you no, just notice the way, things the way like it's that recorded, I don't it's recorded in a more <laughs> it's uh, uh it's not as in your face. As the rest, it has of a it. lush, more of a like a lush sound it to does. it. Does yeah, okay. Um, then that's the end of side one. It's uh, a yeah. end of side one that ends with that cover. Stop your side. And then a, a, a side two begins with a, a beautiful, beautiful song. Probably the sweetest yes. song. Yes, I, I wrote. I wrote on your most tender song <laughs> yes, on the record. Right. I yeah. did. Yeah. And did she? she didn't, did she have she a did child? Not, no. That's the thing. This song. It sounds like it's written about a child, like about her child. But she didn't have her first daughter with Ray Davies until two years after. Yeah. So two years after. So, but she. I, I know. I read. She said that being a mom is like one of the greatest things she's ever done. Right. She's very yeah. maternal. So obviously, oh, there's not just this. There's a couple of songs. Where she takes, uh, it's almost like she's singing about the child that she hasn't had yet. Right. And uh, 
she um I I do recall from interviews that she's talking about maybe a woman who works as a sex worker and that the kid has figured out what the mom does for a oh. living and uh is not okay with it and uh, though that you know um I'm trying to you you think it's wrong. I can tell you do. How can I explain when you don't want me to? Um, and, uh, you know, you don't understand. You've turned your head. You've dropped my hand. Uh, so it's about, uh, it's a sad story. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's a really, uh, it's, yeah, it's a really sad, like, hunting, almost hunting song. Kid, and she sings it so beautifully. Precious kid, your eyes are blue, but you won't cry. I know. Angry tears are too dear. You won't let them go. Yeah, so uh, um, in my recollection, that's what the song's about, and it's 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 really beautiful and really sweet, and uh, um, you know, you know t- tender. I know, great on her that she could you could have a record and have tattooed love boys on it, <sighs> and have this song kid on it, the same record. It never until until doing the record this week and really listening to it and listening to it as an adult. Like, okay, I'm an adult now and I <laughs> yes, have to, you I, are have, I have to pay attention <laughs> and really pay attention to what this record's about. Right. Uh, um, it is, there's the emotionally it's, it's, it's very, um, rich. It's a very rich record and it's a very honest record. Yeah. Uh, right. And, Absolutely. And then the next song, she's uh, oh, private she's, life. This yeah, <laughs> this is great. This is this is when uh, her contempt. This is sort of like the the contempt uh, for a uh, a, ch- a cheater. Like like she's oh, the, yeah. like like well, someone. She's been cheating with the cheater. Yeah, she's been cheating with the cheater. But it's like the cheater. She doesn't want to hear about their marriage drama or any of that. Right. It's like leave me out of that shit. Yeah, and there's a there's a there's the, the James Honeyman Scott I guess does the background vocals. And he, what, and I, I looked up what it's, it, what he's saying. It is, uh, you've been you've lying, been lying to, some, to someone, and and now me. So, <laughs> oh, I thought it was about me. No, but no, it's you've been lying me. to someone, and now me. Stop. Stop. <laughs> right. Um, and Grace Jones. Uh, oh, did an awesome cover of this song. A great man. cover of this. Song. Grace Jones's cover. Grace a lot of had, times, had oh. a, such a great talent for. Picking songs she did. that would be perfect for her to do. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, the way, because she throws, I mean, Chrissy Hines throws out these, uh, the words in this excellent, but when Grace Jones does it, it's like, it's brutal. You, your sentimental gestures only bore me to death. You've made a desperate appeal, now save your breath. Attachment to obligation through guilt and regret. Shit, that's so wet. And your sex life complications are not my fascinations. It, yeah, it's a it's a brutal song, and it's um, it's reggae, but it's not fake reggae. It's it's got a oh yeah, got no, a, I didn't even think of it as being reggae, but I but guess it does it have is. a reggae beat, but it's not where you're going. It wants like we had another record, we were like they're doing a reggae beat. It's a camper song, it was camper, right? Yeah, but yeah. It's not uh, camper's more of a ska, which we didn't. Their beat was it's a little up more up tempo. Right, they're doing right. a little more ska. But this is a reggae beat, but you're not, it's not cloying where you go. Oh, no, God. no, it's not at all. And yeah, and this song has a really cool vibe. The whole vibe of the song is very like. And um, a great guitar solo. Oh, Another ripping, yeah, great, yeah, screaming really great guitar, guitar solo. solo in this. And she throws in some French, a little French thing there. She says, J'ai les glands with your theatrics, which I guess I looked it up. It means it's sort of like a, a slang, a French slang for 
I hate that or I'm sick of that. So it's like she's basically saying, I'm sick of your theatrics. Oh, because the, the lyrics I have say, getting tired of your theatrics. Nope, maybe. it's uh, – <laughs> she has – yes. <laughs> Are you using that uh, lyric, the genius? Yeah, I am. Those, they're not geniuses, Barry. <laughs> it was there, you know. Remember I the know. episode of Seinfeld? You know, <laughs> I was alone. <laughs> uh, but uh, I love this. You're is... using your body like your own <laughs> playground. Amuse, like it's amusement park. <laughs> We digress. We do digress a little. Uh, this is another example of her basically uh, cuttingly dismissive. She could be so oh. great at being dismissive. Right. You wouldn't want to be necessarily Chris's on the other end. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be a. Gonna have some chat. It's gonna be. Leave me out. Jim, Jim Kerr and Ray Davies. Get in touch. <laughs> if you want to share any stories. Right, that's right. Her next husband. Uh, well, no, she never actually married Ray Davies, but she married right. uh, Jim, Jim Kerr. From Simple Minds. From Simple Minds and had a child with him, a daughter, another daughter with yeah. him. And it lasted for a while. And that, I think she remarried again to an artist, and I think she's still married. Maybe. Okay. I think so. Um, but, hey, that's her, that's her private Whatever. life. Yeah. So leave us that. Artists, as we, <laughs> as we mentioned every week, many times it's better not to meet the people. Uh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Although we did have, oh, Susan and I had a great, my wife and I had a great hangout with David Lowry one time on a, after Camper played. Oh, okay. Nice. Well, I'm sure there's, there's exceptions to the rules. There's always going to be. And it was pointed out to me that uh, actually the band I was in did actually open for Camper Van Beethoven, and I forgot you about You forgot, yeah. yeah. You forget, you're forgetting more and more as you get older, hey, you realize. <laughs> where's my pudding? <laughs> brass right. and, brass and 10, pocket. Brass, oh, the hit. I, the hit. This is the hit, but what do you think of the song? Because I've never been a big fan of this song. I don't. I don't. It's. It's. Mm, it was written to be the hit. I don't know. I can't figure out what it is. If it's just the tempo of it that's kind of slow, and uh, I just don't. It's the only song, except for the men, except for the uh, uh, implication that she's got brass knuckles in her pocket. I'm assuming got brass in pocket. Right. Why else would you have brass in your pocket? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that means. But I, you know what? I was thinking about why it is that this song that I just have a dislike for it, and you know what? I think it could be. Do you remember the video for it? MTV played yeah. the video a lot. Every and it five minutes. It was a really bad video. Terrible. It was like she was a co- she was not a cocktail. She was a waitress oh, in a diner, yeah. oh, and then the God. rest of the band came in with their girlfriends, and she was the Stupid. waitress, right. and she was like flirting with yeah. Pete Farndon, yeah. and his girlfriend got mad at him. But the worst part was when they go, "I'm special," and then special, and then at one point James Honeyman Scott's holding up the menu where it says specials. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, there's enough cheese on there. They yeah. filmed that in Wisconsin. So I think that ruined the song for me. Uh, and, and probably well, it, just overplayed. It, it was, got it was so overplayed. Um, it's a good song. It's a good song. It is. But, and it's, and it's, the, it's a song on the record where she's not... Um, there's no emotional abuse or physical abuse right. <laughs> yeah. in it. So she's trying to... She's being we a seductress. A break, finally. <laughs> she's a seductress. Uh, Going to use... You know, there's some... And, Gonna use my sidestep. Gonna use my fingers. Gonna use my 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 imagination. She's gonna make you see. There's nobody else here. No one like me. Right. So she's special. Let's just like the. Uh, uh, it's like the Western omelet with raisin toast. <laughs> she's special, and she is special. Chrissy but is special. There, there is the the other video from this album is actually Tattooed Love Boys, and it's a great rock. Uh, yeah, video. yeah, it is. It's a it's performance video, playing. and it's yeah, like and it's oh, great. you're just watching. You're like, oh, they're really fucking playing. Exactly, and they're yeah. kicking that did the not shit out of the it. Song for me. No, <laughs> that's the first one I saw. So that it was like right. you know, yeah, it is. Um, great. It uh, lovers of today. Oh, and which is another odd. Um, 
Also a motherly, another song that could be like a mother from a mother's point of view. Yeah. Um, but this is a really pretty song, and I really I like this song. I like how it sort of drops out and then it comes in again, very, and she's singing really softly. And uh, and it's another song where she's saying uh, it's another please don't cry song where she's uh, trying right. to she get someone not says, to cry. Yes, Bobo baby, please don't cry. Right. Um, yeah, and it is she's she's nurturing, um, and it, and it is sweet, but. Right at the except till the end, because what does she say? Right at the end, she says, "I tried to talk to you, baby. No, no, no. I'll never feel like a man in a man's <laughs> world." Yeah. She throws that in at the end, and it almost doesn't seem like it fits with the rest of the song. Well, this song is a little bit of an outlier on the record as well. From a like musically, it's got a little bit of um, there's a Beatles quality to the uh, like. Uh, 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 it's got a this minor key sort yes, of ascending right, thing. Right, when it drops out and then yeah, it comes down, back in. Down, yes, it is down. very Beatles-esque. And, and, You're right. And um, it doesn't. It's an odd like it like brass and pocket and that are stuck on side two. And um, you the it, they're just sort of they're a little bit odd. Like it um, brass and pocket as being like oh. What are we gonna? What's the single gonna be? You need to write a hit single, right? And um, and she did, <laughs> and she did. Yeah, it was a, it was a hit. And then lovers of today, um, very different and not um, not like uh, the other songs on the record. No, no, it's not. But I really think I think that's a telling thing at the end. It's of like it. that camper song last week, the one off of the one off side two, where you were like. Uh, you know, it doesn't. It yeah, doesn't, where did that come from? It, where did it come from? Right, it's, right. You know, you have, it, well, um, in the good old days, it was always on side two, right? Because you know, <laughs> as long no as the great, as long as the kick-ass shit was on side A, right. and at least the beginning of side B, eh, side two is where you stick. You know, right. what was the Black Sabbath instrumental? <laughs> uh, 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 orchid. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you always come out. You mentioned Orchid several times. It, it's that, you know. <laughs> It's the it's the gold standard of throwaways tunes. There's a few of those, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I was just the, the last line though. When the she drummer says, needs a publishing credit. <laughs> um, when she says, "I'll never feel like a man in a man's world." That's the thing about Chrissy Hine that I always thought was that she's you could she's tough, but she never tries to be tough like a man. It's not she's not trying to be yeah, a man. Right. She's always embraced the fact yeah, that she's sure, a woman, woman sure. but she's a tough woman, she you know? Tough, yeah. And uh and uh I yeah, definitely have she's a lot Akron. of respect for her. Know. Huh? She's from Akron, Ohio. She's from Akron, Ohio. What more do you so want? Have you been to Akron? Yeah, right. And uh, so we go to the final song of the record, Mystery, Mystery Achievement, Achievement, which is a really great. It starts out with the, just the drums kick yeah. in, and then the bass come in, and this yeah. drum and bass thing is really good. And it's in C sharp, I think, which is a dark key. Oh, really? C-sharp, yeah. <laughs> it's C-sharp the darkest is, of keys, Barry. F sharp's the darkest key, but C sharp oh. is right behind it. For some reason, those two keys. I'm not sure why, but F sharp and C sharp are, are, are dark keys. And, oh, okay. And it is. And uh, it's just uh, really, but and and this reminds me when you hit a Sienna, it just reminds me the whole record. What a solid rhythm section. Oh yeah. Martin Chambers and Pete Barnett oh. were. I mean, just really so good, so good without being flashy at no. all, but just being like really good, really like like a step above your average. Uh, right. Punk, she, rock yeah, band. she and they had played. Together, those guys were all from the same town, right? They all knew each other. The three of them did. I believe yeah, I they so, did. Yeah, so. 
And uh, Martin Chambers, I guess, still plays with her when she plays. He did. He stopped for a while. For a while, she uh, she kicked him out, and then she realized she said, "What am I doing with these people?" You know, I got it. Right. She got back with him. So I yeah. think she is. Yeah, because I saw him in I saw him um, in '87, and they played down here, somewhere down here, um, and with Iggy opening. And, oh, nice. Yeah, and Iggy had this this band that was uh, this re- these really weird German guys, and they were great. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and it was like... What album was that? What was he doing? Uh, you know, one of those 80s records that didn't go anywhere. Right, right, But it right. was... it was Skull the, Ring or something? No, it was before oh, no, Skull, Skull Ring. Yeah, no, no, it was yeah. like, maybe it was that... There's one record he actually disavowed. He said, it, it's, just, <laughs> it's just terrible. You should never listen to it. Um, but... Cry for love on it, maybe. Cry for love, yes. yeah. Which is not all that bad. It's actually. not that bad. It's not. But the band he had. So when the Pretenders played, even and not was, that great. Iggy is still great. Iggy. Yeah, of course, it's still it's great. Iggy. What are you gonna do, <laughs> right? Iggy. You know, the guy. Um, you know. All right. So mystery achievement. Now, what do you think this song is? Uh, I feel like it's kind of a encapsulates everything because it's kind of about. Uh, it could you could say it's about a, a personal struggle and the demands that she's put on her to achieve? Like, what is the mystery? What do you think the mystery achievement? It's is? a mystery, Rob. It's a. <laughs> That's but why you, they call it the mystery achievement. <laughs> but maybe it's fame. Maybe where's my Sandy Beach? Yeah, of course. It's it's a it fucking shit. Right? Everybody's oh, you have in your mind that you're gonna you know one day it's gonna be better and one day you know it's you're gonna. Every every nighttime I feel mystery achievement. You're so unreal. Right, right. You, you know you're gonna wake up and oh I'm gonna win the lottery. Camper Van Beethoven. When I win the lottery, you know <laughs> things are gonna be better one day. And now, uh, I have a very important question for you. Have you ever done the uh, Cuban slide? Dun, 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 dun. She's got a song called the Cuban slide, <laughs> which does. Came, which came, came out, out after, after this. But that's, um, so that is an actual thing. It's a, I have it's, never done the Cuban slide, okay, but okay. Um, I can dance, which is something that frightens people when they first. Wait, did you it. say you can dance? I can, yes. Oh. Which is often something that people who have not seen me dance are like, uh, it's a little shocking. <laughs> it's a little, it seems a little out of character. Now right? I f- I'm not going to be able to think of anything else except seeing you dance until ask, I so, see Ask you around. Dance. No, I'm not going like, to ask. I'm going to see you dance yeah, and, uh, right. very soon. Get a yeah. couple of drinks in me, something good on the PA, <laughs> and I'm going to get right. out there. we got and, something uh, to look forward to. Put on my, uh, my uh, slippers. All right, so Mystery Achievement, great album closer, uh, yeah. excellent rock song, yeah. excellent closer. And this the record, record. Do, there's not really another Pretenders record. I mean, uh, Learning to Crawl is a great record, too, which is the one, the third album. Right. Uh, but that's sort of a different thing. Oh, yeah, it is. I mean, it, it has. there's no way it can't be different because she lost half her band. This is one of those things that just sort of stands on its own. As a as a, a, a monument. Oh yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, this is someone that was that was obviously working on things for a while yeah, and yeah, things yeah, were yeah, germinating, yeah, yeah, yeah. and this was her moment, and right. she wasn't going to let her right. moment. This was like, her eraser head. She worked on it for years and years, and <laughs> right, then right. D- dropped it on the world, and everybody was like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, uh, but she, uh, but she brought it. She brought the good. She does for this, totally. And, she does totally. Uh, it's such a. Today, I mean, it's such a great. You put it on; it, uh, it doesn't sound dated or no. anything. It's no, just, no, no, no. It's just really none of the. It, it's record. it's a it's a great rock record and and emotionally challenging. It's way more challenging emotionally than it presents when you first hear it because right, it's, right. it's sort of engaging. When you find out what it's about, you're like, oh, yeah, it could have just been all trite lyrics and everything, yeah, and it would still be a, a great rock record. Yeah, but without that, but, it's, the, not, but yeah. it's not. Yeah. So speaking of. Uh, sort of Stanley Kubrick-esque monoliths. Next week, I've told Rob what we're going to do. Oh, I'm so excited for this. We're going to do 
one of one of my favorite records of all time, uh, uh, Public Image, uh, the Metal Box. Which box? Which you have to. This is not. I. I guess is. Would you consider it obscure? Or I mean, it's definitely. It was extremely influential. Extremely so influential. Every musician that heard it either hated it, hated it, and totally dismissed it, or was like, oh, because there's some songs. There's. There's some. There's. There's actually a guitar solo on the Pretenders record, not the one, the riff I mentioned before. There's one of his solos where. Oh, that's on Metal Box. That's on Metal Box. Okay, yeah. Where, uh, yeah. No, very. There are sounds on there and things on there. Keith that Levine's are like guitar playing. Way ahead of his time. And and Jaw Wobble and uh, and John Lydon singing. He was doing. They did stuff that it's very, very, very brave. Yeah. And it's uncompromising. It's a challenging record. I would say it, this is a good example of uneasy listening. It's not easy listening. It isn't, but if it's you're in the mood for it, um, it's great. It's, so it's I fantastic. Would say people, you should do your homework. Go check it out. Yeah, you can hear it. Sure. It's easy to hear. To get ready to get right. for our And show it blew week. a lot of people's speakers because it's mixed like a dub reggae record. And it, the bass is very low. And so Jaw Wobble's bass playing. Uh, and I can't wait to talk about it because yes. with our new with our new microphones new, and our, our new, new mixer, microphones. we're so excited like little kids. But, yeah, but uh, I think I think we're gonna have a, uh, I think you know another great record next week to talk about. Yeah. So uh, join us. Don't forget you can email us at trgmh33 at gmail.com with uh, suggestions or tell us you hate us or you know I, I like Barry but Rob or, seems like know, a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Here's whatever. another thing that if you if you listen to these episodes however you listen to them you listen to them on SoundCloud or you listen to them on, uh, on uh, iTunes or if you listen to them I put them up on YouTube if you just if you like it please comment and please share it because we are trying to grow our audience yeah, and sure. uh, it would be great if those you know people got to hear us uh, uh, jabber incessantly yeah. who um, have not heard us jabber incessantly <laughs> so until next week that's Barry Stock. That's Rob Elba. That record got me high. See you guys next week. All right. Take care.